Chapter Eight of The Blue Aunt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Elaine Conway. The Blue Aunt by Eliza Orne White. Chapter Eight The Journey. Their father came up for Sunday and to take the children home, and a day or two later he would take the family to the Cape, where Aunt Hilda was already settled with the gays. Mr. West ran up to see his aunts once or twice every year. He never stayed long, and he wanted to be doing something every single minute whenever he came. This time he got an automobile and took his aunts and the children on such a very long ride that both grown-ups and children were completely tired out, although they enjoyed it intensely. He knew a good deal about farming, and he told his aunt Mattie that she ought to plant more beans, and where corn would grow, and how many wild strawberries were going to waste, and how she should preserve them. She finally said, Look here, James, which would you rather preserve, me or the strawberries? If you'll pick the strawberries for me and plant the beans and corn, take care of them and pick them, I'll do the rest. But it's impossible to get anyone to work up here. All the men have enlisted, and the women are getting big wages in munition factories. Now you're in this conservation business, James. I wish you'd tell me what two ladies on a farm can do if we save the sugar we can't preserve the fruit and if we preserve we can't save sugar if the men all go to the war they can't farm and if they farm they can't go to the war so there you are charlotte says we ought to kill our chickens and turkeys now grain is so high but she doesn't know them individually as i do it would seem to me like offering up Prue or Harry as a victim to the high cost of living. Thank goodness, I'm not a man of fighting age. It is against my principles to kill even a mouse. I have the traps that catch them alive, and I take the trap and go over to the other side of the brook. Then I let the mouse out. My nephew laughed. I'm glad you're not at the front, Aunt Mattie. I suppose that's the way you treat the prisoners you took. Of course I want the Germans to be beaten. We're in this war to fight to a finish. I am not a pacifist, but I just don't want anyone on either side to be killed. Evelyn hated to say goodbye to Prue, for she loved Prue better than any other little girl except Nancy. Just before Aunt Charlotte came in to pack Evelyn's small trunk, Prue said, Did you ever want something very, very much? Lots of things, said Evelyn. Do you usually get what you want? Sometimes. I wanted a pussycat. I longed and longed for a pussycat. And he came to Nancy's house, and she had a cat, so she gave him to me. There is something of yours I want dreadfully, said Prue. But I can't ask you for it, because Grandmother said I couldn't. So I can only just say I want it awfully. What is it? asked Evelyn. 
it's your plaid dress it is too big for you and would just fit me and i've always been crazy about plaids but i can't ask you for it and it was a present to you so i suppose you wouldn't want to give it to me i'll give it to you right straight off now this minute darling prue said evelyn dear generous child said aunt charlotte when she was told about it evelyn felt guilty at having this undeserved praise but there are some things that can never be explained the children were greatly excited when they got home and they hardly knew whether they were most glad to see their mother or hector or tim hector was crazy with delight when he saw jim and evelyn he jumped on evelyn and put his paws around the little girl's neck and licked her face and then he did the same to jim the kitten came and jumped into evelyn's lap and put his furry paws around her neck licking her just as the dog had done while mrs west hugged and kissed her children and said how much she had missed them so they were a very happy family it seemed too cruel to leave the animals behind with anne for catherine was the one who always fed them and while anne would do her duty faithfully by them she did not love them finally it was decided to take hector to the seashore too we'll have to leave the kitten at home said mrs west for it would be too inconvenient to take him but mother dear i'll carry him said evelyn he's such a good pussy i brought him all the way home from nancy's but he had a lame paw then he's so lively you'd lose your kitten the first thing we'd have to take him in a basket and that would make him very unhappy don't tease any more dear i've decided but mother he might grow big enough to catch a bird while we are gone and then father might give him away nonsense child you know perfectly well that your father is as daft over the kitten as you are when evelyn went to bid nancy good-bye she told her trials to her i do so want to take tim down he's such a darling pussy she said and he'll be so lonely at home but mother says it'll be too much bother and anyway we haven't the right kind of basket i'll lend you our cat basket said nancy ginger always travels that way but this year we are going to keep the house open i'm sure mother wouldn't mind the two little girls took a mournful farewell of each other for it would be so long before they saw each other again and then nancy thrust the cat basket into evelyn's hands and she went home very proud and happy she thought it was best to show it to her father first and she said see father what a nice house i have for tim to travel in so you're expecting to take tim little pigeon he said pinching her ear what does your mother say to that evelyn hesitated father you'll help me carry the basket won't you she asked because i can't carry virginia too the night before the journey the children were so excited they were sure they would never go to sleep but they both slept so well that when anne came to wake jim in the early morning she had to knock three times 
and evelyn's mother had to shake her little girl gently before she opened her drowsy eyes then such a scramble as there was to get ready mr west had got a motor to take them into boston with a half-past seven train and they had to leave the house at six o'clock first mrs west got into the motor she let evelyn and jim sit on the seat with her jim carried his mother's umbrella and sunshade strapped together and evelyn carried virginia catherine got in next with a dress suit case and the cat basket with a surprised and mournful pussy in it then mr west put his own dress suit case and another one that had in it the luncheon and extra wraps he also had hector on a leash and hector sat up in the motor quite like a person but of all the people evelyn was the busiest for she had to talk to hector and tim to keep them contented to say nothing of virginia when they were all safe in the train for the cape mr and mrs west gave a sigh of relief but for the children the fun was just beginning it was sad that hector had to travel in the baggage car mr west and jim immediately made a trip to see how he was getting on and then evelyn slipped out of her seat to go with them but her mother said darling you must stay with me the baggage car is no place for us and evelyn said to virginia i'm so sorry dear but the baggage car is no place for you pretty soon evelyn went across to the other side of the car to visit catherine and the kitten evelyn was so sociable that she made friends with a kind old man with white hair and spectacles who sat in the seat behind catherine evelyn kneeled on the seat and said you can't guess what we've got in that basket and he said i guess it's a kangaroo but evelyn said no guess again and he said i guess it's a giraffe no guess again i guess it is a gazelle and evelyn said no guess again and then i'll tell you he took off his spectacles and looked very wise and said i guess it's a small-sized tiger and evelyn said how did you know it is a tiger kitten and the man said he is travelling in such a large basket i thought at first he must be a very large animal and evelyn said i don't believe you could ever guess his name oh what have you got in that paper bag is it your luncheon the old man took out a coconut cake and offered it to her and mrs west came across the car and said darling you mustn't talk so much come back to your seat and settle down for a little while when mr west and jim came back mr west was kept busy for evelyn wanted a drink of water in one of those funny paper cups and then she begged so hard to go to see hector that he finally took her into the baggage car then she was so hungry that he had to unstrap the dress suit case and take out the luncheon and before anyone could stop her she dashed across the car with a sandwich for the old man he only had coconut cakes for his luncheon she explained i thought we'd exchange and she had popped a coconut cake into her mouth 
before any one could stop her it was a grand journey and the end of it was the most thrilling part of it all there's a wreck on the track said mr west when he came back from his last trip to the baggage car you'll all have to get out and walk to the station when we get to north sandhurst what a nuisance the children's eyes danced the wreck sounded so exciting it was not a bad wreck but just the kind aunt mattie would have liked for no one had been killed on either side one freight train had run into another and a car was still on the track all twisted and maimed everybody had to scramble off the train and walk a long distance over the railroad ties or in the sand evelyn clung to her mother's hand and her mother carried virginia for her mr west got into the baggage car and returned with hector who was wild with delight at being free and jumped up on all his friends in turn besides hector mr west carried two dress suit cases and catherine carried her own and the cat basket and firmly refused to give either to the persistent young brakeman who offered to help her jim dropped the umbrella and sunshade when hector jumped up on him and they got covered with sand just as the children were beginning to wonder when they were going to get to sandhurst they saw dear aunt hilda coming down the railroad track towards them in a big shade hat and a white frock with a black ribbon round the waist there was a strange lady with her who was tall and slim with a kind face evelyn knew it must be mrs gay aunt hilda came forward and hector leaped up on her she took his leash out of her brother's hand and made catherine give her the cat basket the tall lady took the cat basket from aunt hilda and she said in her kind voice we'll all get into the caboose and the engine will stop just in front of the house usually we have to walk from the station but this wreck will make it like having a private car for they'll stop just below the cottages so all we'll have to do is to scramble up the bank they all climbed into the caboose with the other passengers except mr west and hector and the children thought it great fun to have this ride in the funny little car back of the engine presently aunt hilda said there is your house and evelyn looked out and saw two grey cottages standing side by side at the top of the bank they were just alike except one house was a little larger than the other and had a wider piazza and this was their house coming down the bank from the other house were four children and evelyn was sure they were the little gays first there came a big boy a size bigger than jim and evelyn knew he must be ralph behind him was the dearest little girl she had ever seen just her size and with yellow hair like hers but with blue eyes instead of brown that was lily she was sure behind her was a middle-sized girl almost as big as lottie with a sweet gentle face like the tall ladies and clinging to her was a chubby small boy the girl must be patty and the boy rodman 
when evelyn and her mother got out of the caboose the tall lady said these are my children and evelyn knew she was going to find out at last just how old the little gays were she did find out and also when their birthdays came and what was strangest of all was that she and lily gay were the same age with birthdays in the same week she had never had a friend exactly her own age and she knew before she went to bed that night that she was going to love lily just as well as she loved nancy she remembered she had felt the same way about virginia she had loved her the first minute she saw her just as much as she loved any of her doll children End of chapter eight